The following is a hoop ball presentation. Well, welcome to the greatest show on earth, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome into the Hoop Ball Lakers podcast here with my main man, JC. JC, game one of the NBA Finals. You hear the greatest showman theme in the back. Da, 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 da. What a show this team just put on. <laughs> yeah, it's a popular phrase on Twitter that I've never said that much just because I try not to get too ahead of myself, but Anthony Davis is a Laker. Absolutely and emphatically. I mean, I believe he is... Uh, third in history now of the Lakers in the terms of their scoring debut uh, in, a, in an NBA Finals. I believe I saw that statistic on tonight's broadcast. And as far as this team is concerned, man, as we were just saying before the uh, taping began, when the first quarter began and Miami scored what felt like 20, po- 20 points in a second but was really about six minutes, uh, I felt like it was going to be a different game. And then since that point, especially after uh, Anthony Davis even referenced in his postgame, said, you know, KCP saved us in that first quarter. And once KCP hit those couple of threes, Lakers really got this thing rolling in a different direction, JC. And this game was over uh, over by halftime. Yeah, they the way the Heat started out really hot, I, I didn't mind the the defensive philosophy. I, to me, the Heat were just hitting, hitting shots. It felt like... It felt like the Heat were just kind of, uh, or the Lakers were just kind of taking it slow and kind of seeing where where their punches could land. And uh, usually, you see, you wait a whole game to kind of once you figure it out, then you start landing your punches. But the Lakers are like, well, we see an opening now, so we're going to take it. A fun night here on the Hoop All Lakers podcast, of course, with Ethan and JC. Make sure you're following everything Hoop All Lakers at Hoop All Lakers on Twitter. JC, this game, especially once the Lakers got rolling, it was a lot of fun to watch. And, you know, I was sitting here with my best friend watching the game. And, you know, everything's going going right, clicking for the Lakers, especially as we roll into the half. And you know, we'll talk a lot about this game because Miami came out banged up uh, and the Lakers seem like they're well on their way to an NBA championship. But, you know, my best friend's sitting here and he said, you know, it's sort of a joke of a finals. Like, he's like, I can't believe it. He's like, I don't know if I can even watch another game of this. He's like, Miami's just so overmatched. And I said, and I looked at him and I said, well, brother, they're a five seed. You know, this sometimes is what a five seed looks like in the NBA finals. When they're playing a dominant one seed, and I think what a lot of people didn't realize, I think some Lakers fans even might have forgot JC. I mean, tell me your opinion about this. Is that you know when this team really clamps down defensively, as we've seen them do, not only now in this particular game against Miami for Game One of the NBA Finals, but also in the Western Conference Finals against those Denver Nuggets. This this is what makes them an elite team. Is what they can bring to the table defensively. Yeah, for for all the things that I was concerned about uh, regarding the Heat, I was really concerned about Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero shooting. Tyler Hero in particular, just because that, that dude seems to have a particularly strong brand of fearlessness. But, I mean, in the end, it, for for as much as people say, like, basketball is basketball and a basketball court's, you know, just another court, and this is pickup ball for them, you, experience does matter. And fearless, as fearless as Tyler Hero is, he's still a rookie. And that showed tonight. There's no doubt. Duncan Robinson was scoreless as well. And I think when you look at this, what this Lakers team did to Miami, is they neutralized them from every position. Like, yes, Jimmy Butler had 23 points, but absolutely nobody else really got it going. Jay Crowder was a little hot early. He had four threes in this game, but then he cooled off quickly. Bam Adebayo was, was missing. He was missing in action. MIA like Nick Saban for Big Bam. And when you look at Gordon Drogic, obviously, and we'll talk about both he and Bam, 
only 15 minutes for Drogic in this game because of the injury, but he, he didn't make an impact during his time in there really either. And now for Miami's side, you, you're staring at a 1-0 hole. You just got your ass absolutely whooped up and down the floor. And, yeah, you've had a little surge in the fourth quarter and tried to mount, you know, a little sort of moral comeback. But, you know, Lakers have been playing on autopilot since more or less halftime. And it's, to me, you're, you're probably not going to have Drogic for at least game two with a plantar fascia tear came out. Bam Adebayo is, looks like a major question mark with which with a shoulder injury, a wrist injury, an arm injury, some sort of an enigma injury related to one of his sides of his body. But he's questionable. And we didn't even talk about Jimmy Butler, who rolled his ankle what looked like really badly toward the end of the first half there, JC, and then wound up aggravating it again later on in the game. Wound up staying in the game both times, but this, I mean, there can't be good news for Miami, right? No, not at all. And it's, I mean, it's one of those things where I know a lot of people will kind of say that that just makes it an easier road for LeBron. Um, he has gone through this. I mean, he's been on the he's been on the wrong end of it, just like Miami is now, where he had to play a finals without Kyrie and Kevin Love against the Warriors. So, I mean, there's. As, tra- as tragic as it is, as, as unfair as it may seem, I mean, it is it is what it is, and injuries do kind of happen. Uh, and so, you know, you try to think of what's what's likely to not happen next game. I mean, yeah, even with a limited Bam, a limited Butler, and probably no Drogic, you probably are going to see a, a much more impactful game from, from uh, Kendrick Nunn, Tyler Hero, and Duncan Robinson, which could kind of ignite the rest of the Heat team. All right, can we talk about that? Because I think you bring up a good point, with especially in reference to Kendrick Nunn. I was really surprised that Eric Spolstra put both Derek Jones Jr. and Solomon Hill on the court before Kendrick Nunn in this game. Yeah, I, I don't know exactly what... I mean, they, they talked about it a little bit in the broadcast. Kendrick Nunn, he, he had tested positive for coronavirus, and he was way out of rhythm. But, I mean, he was also... Early, early in the season, in his rookie year, he was putting up like almost Dwayne Wade type rookie season numbers, and all of a sudden, just as the season kept going on and on, he's fallen more and more off and off. Kendrick Dunn had 18 points in this game. I know it was more or less garbage time, but 18 points on eight of 11 shooting. When you're struggling to get production from anyone in your starting five, not named Jimmy Butler, and anyone off the bench, not named Tyler Hero, who was only six of 18, I think that's a player that's going to demand more minutes. So now, obviously, with Drogic going to miss at least what feels like game two if not the remainder of the series we'll see how it shakes out you got to figure more time is coming for Kendrick Nunn and those other guys that you mentioned I just don't know that Miami supporting cast is good enough JC I'm gonna be straight up honest with you and like I said I think they very much look like a five seed and I think you know a lot of people myself included a little bit you know I I didn't go into the series saying oh I think the Lakers can can you know take this series in four games and sweep them just straight up Miami's really playing well they're a scrappy team. They fight hard. You know, they have a good synergy, et cetera, et cetera. But Lakers really just dominated this team up and down. LeBron was absolutely excellent in this game. But Anthony Davis was as well. And when LeBron and Anthony Davis are clicking and you get 24 combined from KCP and, and DG in that starting lineup, I mean, it, it's going to be good news for the Lakers. Now, you talk about what we can look forward to for that second game or, and what we can't necessarily count upon. And I think you bring up an, an excellent point because at one point in this game, J.C., the Lakers were absolutely on fire. I mean, they, they just couldn't miss from behind the three-point line. I think they were 13 of 19. And even if they had missed half of those, which at that point that point in the game, it was 72 to 51 Lakers. They had a 21-point lead. I turned to my friend and I said, look, if they miss half of these shots right now, which is a concern because the Lakers aren't necessarily a three-point shooting team, yes, it would still be a good percentage. You're talking about uh, uh, over about – 
35, 36, 37%. So as a team, you're still in a good range. I said, but that's the difference in this game right now is literally that would be 18 points and the Heat would be in this ball game. Now, after connecting on 13 of their first 19 for 13 of the first 20, they missed on 16 of their last 18. And I know the game was more or less decided and players were playing on autopilot, JC, but I think the Lakers have to look at that and recognize that that was a strength in tonight's game that they cannot guarantee going into game two or any other of the series. Yeah, they have to look at what happened versus Denver in that in you know, Miami did sort of make a little bit of a run and made things a little bit more interesting in that fourth, and they did it kind of with the Lakers sort of letting the foot up off the gas. Um, yeah, I think I think I saw one tweet. I forgot who it was that said it, but uh, when the Lakers were up around 25, uh, they said some of the Lakers are doing too much right now. We don't need to see step back step back threes from Rondo and, and KCP. We just need to keep it simple. Absolutely. The Lakers started playing to the scoreboard. I do like only 12 turnovers for Lakers in this game. I mean, Miami only had uh, eight turnovers, which is actually incredible, all things considered, in terms of how this game went. But for the Lakers, that 12 number is a pretty good number, and uh, only one from AD and two from LeBron. So you'd love to see that. Anthony Davis, man, I I said this during the game at one point. I just got to reiterate it. Now that we've been able to watch him for, you know, what's been a calendar year, night in and night out, with the exception of the time off, obviously, when the season was suspended. It is incredible what this guy does on a basketball court. The way he impacts the game at both ends, because he has completely changed the way the Lakers are able to anchor themselves defensively, and that is what has led to a major driving proponent of the success of this team. And he's just one of those guys where if you don't watch him night in and night out, and I know a lot of people didn't necessarily do that when he was down in New Orleans, he looks like a guy who goes, man, yeah, another night stuff. The box score is great for my fantasy team, et cetera, et cetera. But this dude is a dominant player on both ends of the court. And this is why, even as a non-Lakers fan, okay, I'm going to try to take off the purple and gold shades for just a second here. Because even as a non-Lakers fan, you have to sit here and say objectively, what star pairing would I take over any other in the NBA right now and that's what's going to drive my decision for an NBA Finals favorite, right? That's why everybody, when the Warriors were going well, it was Clay, it was Steph, it was Draymond was playing well, and obviously Iguodal in the mix, although I wouldn't put him in terms of a big three. But that big three, everybody chose that grouping. Now I sit here when the playoffs started, but even prior to that, and I say before the season, JC, and I know we've talked about this, is that I would take LeBron and AD, especially we've talked about it in, in comparison to Kawhi and PG as the other team in L.A. with the Clippers, but I would take LeBron and AD over any other star pairing in this league. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, with LeBron in general, the way he makes teammates better, um, Anthony Davis is someone who, who throughout his career has in, in he's kind of followed similar a uh, similar path to LeBron in that, you know, coming out of high school, he was this really vaunted player. He was the number one draft pick. Everyone thought this guy was the next coming just because of the, how tall he is and the skills that he has. And he never really seemed to grow into that role. Um, he would kind of have injury concerns and things like that. People just thought he wasn't that guy. But, I mean, if, as evidence tonight and throughout this whole playoff series, I think it's clearly it's clear that he's that guy. I think it's clear and then some that he's that dude. Because the thing is, the Heat have no answer for him. Even when Bam Adebayo was in this game, the, he, w- he was nowhere to be found. He did not make a dent in this game. Bam, during his 21 minutes, only had eight points on his eight shot attempts, four rebounds, and nothing else to his name. I mean, they really, really, really neutralized these supporting parts. In particular, Bam 
you know, this is a guy who had a breakout season for Miami this year. This is a huge proponent of what fueled them to this point beyond Jimmy Butler's arrival and beyond those supporting supporting parts playing well. But I look up and down this Heat team, and, and you know, if this game were at Staples Center, I, I just wonder what it would have been like because if the brights were if the if the brights if the lights were too bright in Orlando in the bubble. I wonder about what it would have looked like in Staples Center. And I know it's been a long time in the bubble, and I know some of these guys, you know, are, are playing. They're still kind of reveling in the fact that they're in, in the NBA, right, let alone in the NBA Finals. But LeBron and AD know what's at stake. And, and in AD's postgame press, presser, JC, and I, you know, or interview, I should say, I, I just absolutely loved what he had to say, which is basically like, yeah, you know, we, we came out and we did what we needed to do, but there are things that we could do better. And there are things that we need to do better in order to have that championship mindset. Nothing about this is going to be easy, and we need to understand that. And I think just the level of discipline that Anthony Davis and LeBron James and the tone that they're setting for the rest of this group and the coaching staff, you got to give them credit for that as well. It's like this huge cultural piece that I feel like is what's really fueling this Lakers team forward now. And obviously the giant narrative of do it for Kobe hanging over the head of everybody. So it's I sit here after game one and I say, wow, I'm very, very, very happy with what I saw. I, I don't like when the Lakers start playing not to lose instead of to win. But I'm very, 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 very happy with what I saw. And I don't see any reason why the basic approach of how tonight went can't be replicated moving forward. Pending execution from the three-point line, of course, but I think the style in which they played was an effective one, and I don't see Miami having an effective counter to it. What's your take on that? Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. I, I sort of saw the writing on the wall when I was looking at box scores from the Miami and Boston series and seeing that, that for the most part, um, Miami is running uh, eight guys deep, pretty much seven, because that eighth guy is, is Kelly Olenek, uh, who probably gets the least amount of minutes of the three off the bench and your main guy off the bench being Tyler Hero. And so your bench is basically Tyler Hero and Andre Iguodala, which is not a terrible bench. Uh, but yeah, I, I did see this, I did see the writing on the wall. When if, if Miami is basically going seven deep, eight if you count Olenek, versus the ten that the Lakers can, can run easily without even varying too much from what it is that they're doing. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 pretty much a wrap. And now, and now you have you got to figure that Tyler Hero moves into the starting lineup. I would imagine, right? If Dragic is unable to play, I don't know that Eric Spoelstra would put Kendrick Nunn back into that spot, given the sort of lengthy layoff that he's had, it, it, with the exception of his actions tonight in terms of his involvement uh, and synergy with that starting five at this point. I would imagine that would be Hero, but it just further kind of shortens their bench, despite uh, Nunn's sort of reintroduction into the matrix here. And I think when you're the Lakers, you have a good amount of momentum. The one thing I would be considerate of or sort of be mindful of is just staying in the moment, right, and, and really channeling that inner Zen and Phil Jackson piece where, yes, this is the game where as the one seed that, that is heavily favored and really should be over the five seed in the NBA Finals, JC, because in a normal season, we'd be sitting here saying, hey, this is a one-versus-five finals matchup. And like I said, this is a dominant one seed. This, this should be a cakewalk. And that's more or less, you know, kind of what it looked like tonight. But this is not a traditional five seed. This is not a traditional season. We've seen weird things continue to happen. Mm. And I'm not writing off this Miami group by any stretch, my man. No, no, not at all. I mean, it's 
the thing that happens a lot in, in playoffs, especially with blowouts, is the next game is, is not going to be much of a blowout. And so, yeah, to look at what, what might happen next game, it's probably going to be a tighter game. Uh, Lakers probably gonna score, aren't going to score as many points. 116 is, is kind of a lot for this Miami team that is a really good defensive team. Um, but, yeah, going back to your point about Miami's roster, yeah, looking at it on on ESPN, it's it's really kind of sad to see out of all the positions listed, they have one point guard listed, and it's Goran Dragic. Tyler Hero is listed as a shooting guard, and so is Kendrick Nunn. And I think that's something that they're going to, you know, really have to adjust the style in which they play. And maybe Jimmy Butler becomes more of a facilitator in this role. We've seen him have success with that, and that's how Miami was able to get out of the Eastern Conference and represent them in this spot. But going back to what you said as well with respect to the Boston series, you know, I I think that the Celtics would have presented a greater challenge to the Lakers, not necessarily that they would have been uh, a challenge. I do truly believe that the Lakers are the best team in the league this year, and I have for some period of time now. But I just sit here and I, and I look and I say, okay, well, with Tatum and Brown and Kemba and Marcus Smart and, 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 whereas Miami, they just, they have a lot of depth um, when things are going well, but when things are not going well, and then right now they're obviously getting hit with injuries at the absolute worst time, you kind of thin out very, very quickly. And if Bam Adebayo is not able to play in this series, JC, or even in one game of this series, I have absolutely no idea what Miami's going to do. And and to be frank, Udonis Haslam might even have to play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's for sure. I mean, what do you do? Do you I mean I guess you start Myers Leonard potentially or Kelly Olenek. I mean, those are your other big options. Solomon Hill cannot start at center unless you want to gift wrap it even further. So it's gonna be a tough challenge for this Miami group. And look, I, I as much as, as look, I I, I struggle because the, com- the competitor in you, right, the Jimmy Butler in you says, we're going in this series to win it. But the realist in you says, we're going up against LeBron James and Anthony Davis and a really, really, really strong Lakers team, and we're a five seed, and we're, we're not really as talented as they are up and down the, the piece of paper. But you got to believe in yourself, right? So Miami isn't going to just poo-poo this. You know Eric Spolster is going to be up all night trying to figure it out, trying to figure out how the best way – to sort of support his team is. And speaking about support, I want to talk to you guys real quick about the Manscaped Boxer Briefs because that's how you get the optimal support. The temperature control with the crop cooling technology, keep your pride and joy supported, and that's what Eric Spolster is trying to do with this Miami Heat team. The waistband is also super elastic to reduce the chafing and the rubbing that you experience. And when you're with, when you're with your girl and she pulls them down, she'll, she knows. She knows that she's got a real Manscaped man. You pair these boxer briefs with the pH balancing liquid products like the Crop Preserver, JC, and you got yourself ready for anything in the NBA Finals. So try it out for yourself. Get 20% off of free shipping with the code HOOPBALL20. That's H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L 20 at manscaped.com. 20% off of free shipping at manscaped.com. Only with the code HOOPBALL20. Keep your junk ready to rock. JC, this Miami team is going to be strategizing all night long. But I just I, – I don't know. I don't see any potential path here, my man, for Miami to come back and say this is how we can strategize to beat the Lakers. They're just too big inside, man. Anthony Davis and Dwight Howard, there's no answer for them on Miami's side. Yeah, I mean they're, they're, they're a team that doesn't run small ball the way Houston did. But this is, for all intents and purposes, a pretty small team with the exception of Bam Adebayo. And if he can't go, yeah, Miami has no choice but to completely alter – their philosophy on how they play basketball as a team, and they have to do it in two days. 
And I mean, what what do you even do? Like, what's your counter to this? Do you say we're gonna go super small and we're gonna throw like a Solomon Hill in there or an Andre Iguodala even into the starting five and try to space you out that way? Like, do you think that that's an option for them? Because if so, you know, are they trying to take Dwight Howard out of the game, basically, right? Pull a Houston Rockets without being the Houston Rockets. Is that something you think that they would even consider? I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, it, it, if anything, I think no matter what they do, I think, yeah, the Lakers are going to have a lot of counters to it because there was one play in this game where LeBron just sort of, I don't even know how, he sort of orchestrated a, a pick and roll in which he got a switch and, and guarding him was Duncan Robinson. I'm like, it's like he did that with his mind. Of course he wanted that matchup. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. The Lakers can't exploit so many of those defensive matchups, or I should say mismatches on that end of the floor. And if they're getting if they're getting the this this contributions from the supporting cast, whether it be KCP despite his three of ten overall from the field, he was big in that first quarter to change the momentum of this game. Or Danny Green. I know Danny Green is not everybody's favorite player now or any time. But if Danny Green was on your fantasy team tonight and this were and this were a game in which you were relying on contributions for him, you'd be happy with 11 points, four rebounds, a couple steals, three blocks for Danny Green, tied with Anthony Davis for game high, and three threes. I mean, three of eight from three-point land, that's what Danny Green is, 37 30, 38% when he's going well. So it's nice to see 30 minutes for both he and KCP in this game. Uh, and it looks like, you know, that that rotation off the bench that we saw in the Western Conference Finals is tried and true at this point with Rondo, Caruso, Kuzma and Morris all getting action is basically how the Lakers are going to play this. And if I'm Frank Vogel, why would you change anything at this point? Make them adjust to you, because after game one, that's the only the only team that should feel the the immediate pressure is Miami. Of course, any time the Lakers are in the NBA Finals, and I mean any time, the pressure is going to be on the Lakers. But any time LeBron James is in the Finals, the pressure is going to be on LeBron to win it, regardless of the opposition. Yeah, just just watching tonight and watching all the guys off the bench contribute, I, with, without getting too ahead of myself, it's just a fleeting thought I had because we have plenty of time in the offseason to talk about any kind of future roster moves. But I just had one quick thought tonight to myself where I was just like, man, as much as LeBron would love it, I don't want Chris Paul on this team. <laughs> you, you know what? It's You know what's so surreal is that in a normal climate, right, where the season would be ongoing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, this season would actually be about Anthony Davis's walk here. Like, we haven't heard anything about Anthony Davis' pending free agency. It has not been a story, J.C., at all. I mean, we've talked more about Giannis' free agency, which isn't even this – offseason i was gonna say summer but we're way past that at this point this offseason it we're talking about next year and anthony davis we've heard crickets on now part of that is because of the season and the year in which it is but part of that is because i think it's very 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 clear that the camaraderie the bond the the willingness to just be friends and brothers and what it call it whatever you want between he and lebron anthony davis ain't going nowhere no, that was the other thought I had tonight. I was like, even if if they won a championship and for whatever reason Anthony Davis wanted to go, if he ends up winning NBA Finals MVP, then he can't go. Like, why would he go? I mean, because he very I, I well just, could win MVP. There's no oh, absolutely, and there's no better situation for him or for LeBron. I think that they understand the mutual uh, beneficiality of it, for lack of a better way to say it. Right, like they both. They both absolutely benefit both individually and collectively by being paired together. And there's no reason to say that they can't, you know, uh, come back to position themselves in the same spot 
next year or even the year after. I mean, you watch LeBron, man, and it's just incredible. I mean, the guy is closer to 40 than he is 30, and he's still just gliding through the air. It's like effortless to him. The dude is a human freight train. I don't, I've run out of adjectives to describe him. I've run out of verbs to, to invent in order to try to just uh, capture his actions and, and his movements on the court accordingly. I mean, the dude is just an absolute ridiculous specimen of a basketball player and a really as good of a basketball player as he is. He's an equally, if not better, human being. Yeah, and that's and in in the broadcast tonight, people are starting to say some of the things I was saying four years ago on Twitter when when he had beaten the Warriors. Um, I was like, you can you can say whatever you want about the debate of greatest of all time. Now I'm gonna wait, but for that was the moment he became my favorite player of all time and to me the best player of all time. But I knew four years ago, I was like, just wait until the end of his career because by the end, his numbers, all of the numbers are going to be so overwhelming. Like, so what? He lost a few finals. He went to X amount of finals. And like we said in the last episode, there's only four guys who've been to 10 NBA finals. I mean, it's ridiculous. The the amount The amount of achievement that LeBron has already had in his career the amount of achievement that can be pending moving forward. I mean, the dude is absolutely one of, if not, as as you've described, JC, the greatest to ever do it. And personally, you know, I could sit here and debate LeBron's placement on the Mount Rushmore of NBA all-time greats or, you know, on the long list of who's your top 10, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But the bottom line is, to me, what really defines greatness of an NBA player in terms of their legacy and the, and the lineage that they leave behind in the league is can you tell this you know can you tell the story without them right and obviously in LeBron's case the answer is no and anyone who's unfamiliar with the sport can you just say one word and they know it's universally understood like Kobe like LeBron like MJ the initials right is it universally understood as to what that means even people who are not familiar with basketball know what that means and and lebron that's been the case for a long time but i think he's just also reminding people that hey i know y'all like to talk about the future of the league and that's great but i'm still here and i'm very much right here in the present yeah and it it's echoed really in every moment he plays like those there was great moments tonight when there was three or four minutes left the game was well in hand some some member of the heat scored a layup and really loudly lebron yelled that's a switch yelling at his teammates and Jeff Van Gundy even noted like how unusual it is for a superstar like that to be kind of yelling at a defensive de- yelling at his team for a defensive guy that late when the game is already in hand but that's just that's just who he is I think he's really turned up his attention to detail as well in this particular season given the Anthony Davis dynamic and given you know sort of what's at stake and I, I know that LeBron continues to see himself as somebody who has you know more than one year uh, immediately beyond him playing in the NBA and, and his professional basketball career. But I also think he's entering you know, a, a new phase of his career, which is he's preparing for that handoff ultimately and sort of empowering uh, the others in the franchise as led by Anthony Davis to set that culture accordingly because that's the real mark of somebody, right, is that they can control the situation while they're there, but then when they ultimately leave, can the culture that they set also remain without them? And if the and if the answer is yes to that, then I think that's when you really create a true impact. Yep, absolutely. And so moving forward for the Lakers in Game Two, JC, I, I got to imagine that they come out as like an eight, maybe even nine point favorite. 
Yeah, and I think yeah, and if you're a betting man, which or a woman, we which you can do on my mybookie.ag promo code hoopball, they'll match your first deposit. You bet, you win, they pay. Uh, they've got tons of great promos on for football and baseball. Baseball playoffs playoffs have kicked off. You'll want to take a look at those bets. Um, but yeah, looking forward to the next game. Yeah, they'll probably be an eight or a nine point favorite, and just because of in my history of watching. In NBA, anytime a team is blown out in a game one, it's, it usually either goes the other way in game two or it's a very tightly contested game. And so, if it's a highly inflated lead, like over double digits, I'd actually probably take the Miami Heat to cover, but not to win because I don't think they will. I think it's going to be incredibly tough for Miami. Look, you got to remember here's the thing, okay? Because when Denver advanced past the Clippers, the hot pick was Denver because they were riding the wave. Everybody gets swept up in the recency bias and the momentum, et cetera, et cetera. The same thing for Miami. I'm sitting there the other day, and not to put anybody on blast, but uh, <laughs> Tim Legler on NBA radio is sitting there giving his opinion saying, oh, I think Miami's going to be a problem for this Lakers team. Here's this, here's this, here's this, here's this. The Lakers can't do that and that and that. Okay, and that's fine. I know it's easy to shit on the Lakers. It's no problem. And I'm not saying I'm here to pump up all the purple and gold smoke, but at the same time, Again, Anthony Davis and LeBron James, not just in the, in, in the playoffs in this game one in the NBA Finals, but in this entire postseason, JC, they've been playing extraordinarily well. LeBron had the one stinker, and ever since then, and in particular since the MVP vote became public, he has been absolutely whooping anyone who comes in his lane. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He, and you can see it in his face. You can see it in, I mean, really everything he does. When he, when he mean mugs back to the court, back to his bench, it's... Yeah, it's it's everywhere. One assist shy of a triple-double in game one for LeBron James. You know he's probably looking at that box score wishing he got it. It might even make a point to do it in game two. Yeah, it's one of the interesting things. I think when it, the early in the first half early in the, and early in the second half, I was like, man, Anthony Davis might run away with this MVP thing. But then towards the end, when I saw LeBron was one assist shy of a triple-double, it always weirds me out when he's one assist shy of a triple-double. When he gets the rebounds... But he doesn't get the assist. Um, I, I, I looked up once how many times that happened to him, where he's one assist shy of a triple double. It's a lot. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think so. I, I, I looked at it another way. I looked at it in fantasy points. Uh, they both scored the same amount of fantasy points in the end. So it's like I don't even. I don't know if if anybody. I don't know if co MVP, co finals MVPs have ever been done. This could be a first if it if it happened, but I mean, yeah, you can make a case for either Anthony Davis or or LeBron James to be Finals MVP if it continues this way. Well, I think the Lakers would be thrilled if it continues this way. I think if Game Two uh, starts out in a similar fashion in terms of how the Lakers take control of it early, then the Lakers are going to be in the driver's seat, and it's going to be hard for Miami to bounce back. We're going to have to find out some news about both Dragic and Bam Adebayo as we move forward here. Because if either or both of those guys are going to be unavailable for Miami, it is going to be a tougher than tough road ahead because it's already a tough road ahead. JC, anything in particular, one thing to watch in Game 2 that you want to see from the Lakers? Uh, I mean, maybe a little bit more from from Kuzma just because he's, I mean, in theory, he's kind of, he probably wants to have more of an impact on, you know, for himself and in a starting role, which don't really see with this team. And so he may want to showcase himself a little more as kind of an audition for another team maybe. So I'd like to see see some more out of him, but 
other than that, everybody should just kind of keep it rolling, especially Caruso. Caruso played really great tonight. Plus 12, uh, plus minus for him, 10 points off the bench. So, yeah. One of seven for Kyle Kuzma in this game. The one was a three. He did have eight rebounds, so at least he was active on the glass. Uh, but I would agree I want more from Kyle Kuzma. I uh, could also use a little bit more from Rajon Rondo. He was not terrible in this game, plus 11 uh, in his 25 minutes of action. But a little bit more from Rajon Rondo. Uh, I'd love to see the, the good Danny Green continue to show up. And Contavious Caldwell-Pope keep it rolling. Lakers are looking good. As a reminder, subscribe, download, review, listen, share with your friends. At Hoopball Lakers is the pod and all your relevant Lakers news. As the Los Angeles Lakers take game one of the NBA Finals from the Miami Heat by the score of 116-98. to 98. He is J.C. DeLeon, at J.C. DeLeon1 on Twitter. I am Ethan Noroff, at Ethan underscore Noroff on Twitter. At Hoopball Tweets, at Hoopball Fantasy for the whole Hoopball family. J.C., that was a mouthful. Until next time, we out. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.